welcome to Duct Tape and Paper Clips. I am Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That is correct. And tonight we are breaking down season one, episode 16. Every time she smiles is oh, the episode man. title. What a, what a terrible title. Uh, we're going to find <laughs> out if it holds up today. But first, what's up with you, Annie? You got any? Oh. Do we have news for each other? I don't know. What's <laughs> up with going me? On? I I don't mean to gloat, but I am very much enjoying this. Uh, there's not going to be winter where I currently am. Oh, um, it's We're still in the like... You know, it was 70 degrees today. We went for a hike. Wow. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's great. kind of exciting. Yeah. Uh, there are just spiking cases everywhere and at least having the ability to like be outside um, yeah, is yeah. huge. So yeah, the, the map is that. not looking particularly good <laughs> these days. The Even, map is not good. <laughs> it used to be like all red and then green in Vermont. And now it's like all red and orange in Vermont. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. Not. Yeah. I would just say we're really in the hunker down mode. Like I'm starting to do some like cooking projects again. I'm starting mm -hmm. to figure out what my like workout routines are going to be for the this next few yeah. uh, months of winter. So I think if people are listening to this and you're considering like, should I stay home? Should I wear a mask? Uh, yes, you should. Yes. I think. Stay home and wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trust no one. Uh, <laughs> We're just going to have to get through it. Uh, I, there is light at the end of the tunnel. I know there is, but it's just going to be kind of going to be a bitch. Yes, there is. But so part of what you can do is watch television. Right. Um, and I Listen think to watching, yeah, <laughs> watching MacGyver is a great thing to do. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I've been watching. I also saw um, there's uh, something on HBO, a British series. Uh, this like based on a true story uh, about these murders that happened in the UK. Um, what is it called? Do you know? I think it's called The Murders at White white house farm or white hill farm it's something um like that hmm. um yeah i'm just I, I i back burnered a lot of the stuff that i usually watch like i had been keeping up with the the new ethan hawk show uh mm -hmm. which i very much enjoy and mandalorian and stuff but i as i fell behind i'm like i'm gonna save that for uh when we get past this show we're doing we're doing this live stream show on the 21st of november um and it everything we have all the resources we have are going toward it right now in fact last weekend i think i might have mentioned this last week on the podcast yeah. but we went into a covid tested house with a couple of people and shot a bunch of sketches and that was super fun it was the first time i had been with a group of people since march like i've done yeah. outdoor things and small gatherings and stuff um but to be in each other's space uh you know over a period of time and it was so exhausting because all of my, <laughs> all of my social skills are just gone. <laughs> you know, like that muscle has atrophied. So yeah. just after two, three days of that, I slept for like four days afterwards. I couldn't even function. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that's it. That's all. You're like a, a dog that gets yeah, tired out. You're just much. like, it's I can't, uh, I can't do it anymore. But yeah, I agree that you should save shows for yourself as mm -hmm. we get deeper into the winter, the winter because yeah, yeah. One of the things that I did that I am still um, patting myself on the back for is that I never watched Parks and Rec because I was like, I'm wow. going to save this 
for a time when I, cause I know I'm going to love it. So I'm yeah. going to save this for a time that I really need it. Huh. And then when I was um, training my dog, when he was a puppy, it was like this crazy time when he had to go out like every 40 minutes, yeah. <laughs> eight week old puppy who had like no bladder. Yeah. And that's when I watched it because I was wow. like, okay, now I'm, I'm stuck in the house and I have to be like, you know, woken up every hour. So I, I binged parks and rec That's during incredible. that time. And I am so glad that I saved that for myself to watch, uh, you know, at a time when I needed it yeah, because it came in handy. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's a good time to, to refocus. And I think for people to try to like, you know, try to think of what, what is healthy that you can fixate on? Like yeah, what right. is going to be mentally, you know, a good thing for you to fixate on and, yeah. and use this time. We are going to get through this winter yes. and hopefully <laughs> in a couple of months, we'll have a real COVID response team. And a couple of months after that, we'll have access to a vaccine and things will be looking a lot brighter. Oh, that sounds great. Nathan. It's going to be okay. <laughs> We're all going to get through this. Uh, we have a guest tonight. Um, our guest is a hilarious Vermont comedian, a friend of ours we've known forever and ever. Please welcome Tracy Dolan. Hi, Tracy. Hey, nice to be here. Thanks. How are you doing? What's new with you? What's your life like these days? Oh, my life is good, actually. I mean, except yeah. for like, you know, we have a pandemic. But right. <laughs> other than the pandemic, which is my full-time job, life's right. pretty good. Yeah, you work, uh, you know, in one of those jobs that deals with the pandemic. So it's not like you can kind of quarantine and watch a lot of TV and do nothing during this time. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm the deputy commissioner of health for Vermont. And uh, I work on a lot of the policy stuff. I do some of the media work, help make decisions and uh, help keep the trains moving. How, is it getting any easier now that you're, you know, eight, 10 months into this thing or, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the first couple of months were sort of 14 hour days every day, mm. all week. Jeez. And then by May, we were all starting to get a couple of weekends off. And then by June, it almost normalized in a way. We sort of figured out how to do things, figured out the testing piece, how to talk about it. But now it's starting to pick up again because we've got more cases in Vermont. So, right. and, then, and then, of course, you have this like incredible reputation to uphold now that we're like the the envy of every other state in the country. I know. And we were super braggy about it. I'm almost regretting some of that bragginess. <laughs> I touted us constantly. I was like, we're the best. Yeah. And now I'm like kind of quietly like, we're still the best, but you know, like there's a lot of good people out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about Tracy that we know, and I'm sure our listeners will learn is that you're also pretty competitive. So for you, <laughs> I'm sure that you want to be the best state uh, with pandemic preparedness. I do right? want to be the best state. And you, interestingly, um, I'm on here with Annie and Nathan, and I'm uniquely competitive with Annie Russell. Um, oh really? Yeah, Why Annie is that? got Annie once. Uh, so so when my uh, my oldest daughter first met Annie's fiance, she said, "Oh, she said, my mom is really jealous of your fiance <laughs> <What>? <laughs> because she got to open for Mark Maron, and my mom was so disappointed about that." Oh my god. <laughs> And I was uh, really happy for you, Annie. I really was. But I got to admit, there's a little... Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's how that got communicated back right. in your household. Um, I'm sure that's what you said. That's exactly you said, what I said. I'm so happy for my friend, Annie. Oh, that's why your daughter said it that way. I put a sign up on the fridge. Let's all be happy for Annie Russell. Right. It's her big moment. 
<laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how that conversation happened. Um, that is my favorite so story funny. of all time. I, oh I love that. Uh, that wasn't at our club, was it? No, it was oh. at the Flynn. That's right, all. Right, right, right. You know, the biggest venue in Vermont. No biggie. <laughs> that was a really fun show. I don't know what to say. I had a great time. It was an incredible <laughs> show. I went it. to it. Oh, I went to it. Yeah, because and you I were supportive. Real mixed feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly I was like, it's so great to be here. And I'm like, really happy for Annie right now. <laughs> I mean, that is like, that is... That is stand-up comedy in a nutshell. It's like a bunch of individualists trying to form a community and be happy for one another's success, but still being very envious of it, like it all is, at once. It is so hard. And I'll tell this story to take myself down a peg, actually, <laughs> um, because it, the manager, one of the bookers at the Flynn reached out to me maybe a year later and said, hey, big famous comedian is coming here. Um, would you have any interest in opening for him? I know you opened for Mark Maron. And I was like, yeah, like I was already in Chicago at that point, but I was like, I would love to come back, you know, just let me know. He's like, great. We'd love to have you back. Um, just send me a, a video and I'll get everything all, uh, <laughs> all set. <laughs> and I hear back. It's like, well, you showed your video to big famous comedian. He's going <laughs> to go without an opener. Uh, he's not gonna, <laughs> he's just not going to have an opener. So I'm like, okay, cool. So it was a hundred percent me. Uh, that was, <laughs> Well, I heard John Mulaney can be an asshole. So right. <laughs> that's not who it was. That's not who it was. I'm just um, gonna keep dropping names. Yeah, until I get was. It. <laughs> I was intentionally not saying who it was because I don't want it to be like this. So and so wouldn't let me open for him. Now, to be fair, when I think about where the blame gets laid when it when when it comes to that situation as a comedy booker myself, oh, that would be the booker. Yeah, a hundred percent the Flynn's fault because they shouldn't have offered you that unless you know. And there are ways to do that. I've done that in the past where I've like reached out to a handful of comics that I think might be a good opener for a specific act. And yeah. I've said, well, you just toss me a video so I have it. I don't tell them why. And yes. then I have like six videos. I send that on to their people. They choose one and then they never have to get their heart broken. And but that is how you got me the Marin thing, actually. Oh, you it? were like, hey, can I just get a video from you? No particular reason. <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. I and then I heard back about it. But yeah, 100%. I am mad that they told me. Yeah. I, ne <laughs> I wish I never had the name. I wish I never had that sort of um, yeah. expectation. Yeah. Because then, of course, you know, it's you. You know, someone looked at the video and they're like, I mean, oh, yeah. That person. No, so, thanks. I never think of it that way. I think of it as like, you know, you're not the right fit. You're, you know, with what they're looking for. But I mean, I would have, I would have actually done great with his fan base. But listen, let's, <laughs> let's I mean, Bill Burr and you do have a similar vibe. Oh, you're so. just keep, keep fishing. I'm going to keep fishing. Bill Burr. You're, you're cold. I'm going to tell you who at the once Okay, we're good. <laughs> That'll be the big reveal. I know who it is. Um, so, Tracy, uh, you grew up in Canada. Did they have MacGyver in Canada? We did have MacGyver in Canada. In fact, when I was at UBC, University of British Columbia, um, some of the seasons were filmed in Vancouver. And so yeah, most like, of them. Yeah, yeah, most of them, right? The seasons, like, I think, three through six. And so you'd be down um, downtown Vancouver, and you would see them filming. It's like, oh, they're filming MacGyver. So I grew up thinking that we were responsible for MacGyver <laughs> and feeling like we had to apologize in the same way we have to apologize, you know, for like Corey Hart. 
So you like you grew up uh, like a college student in New York has to work their way around law and order all the time. You grew up with MacGyver shooting ar- like around your college experience. Yeah, a little That's bit amazing. around our university, but probably huh. more downtown, but somewhat around our university hmm. and feeling like this was a Canadian show. Like yeah. uh, until like maybe today, I actually thought it was. <laughs> and, and I thought that was like one of our proud exports, but also like sure. a little cringy. So did you watch it at that time? When it was I like, did. I watched it a little. I mean, uh, maybe like, you know, snippets here and there. Yeah. I was yeah. very studious, so I was pretty right. busy studying, as you can imagine, Nathan. <laughs> well, pretty also, busy. I would say I don't – you probably watch it as much as any college student keeps up with the show because right. I don't remember – I love TV, but I don't remember being super yeah. into appointment viewing in college. I was oh, you getting guess. drunk with my friends, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I was a terrible student, had no social <laughs> life and was very like, I think we established in the la- in one of the last episodes that I blew off one of my classes for a specific yes. episode of MacGyver. So I'm not uh, the best. Oh, person so you were a big fan. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, well, I was a big fan when I was a gro- when, when I was 10, 11 years old, yeah. when they were originally on, and then they were running them in reruns in college. See, it was even the reruns was keeping me like it was oh. providing an excuse for me not to go to class. Um <laughs> But I remember, speaking of appointment television and college, one of my favorite memories of college was during that time, I'm really going to date myself here, the much now maligned uh, Seinfeld finale happened when I was Mm. in college. And I remember how eerie it was because like all of the college dorm room doors were propped open and the quad was totally empty and you could just hear the uh, the final episode of, of Seinfeld emanating out of every dorm room on campus. It was just the... No one was not watching it. It was so strange and eerie. Like, I can't imagine a television show. Maybe Game of Thrones, you know, mm-hmm. the finale of that. Like, MASH being finale. Like that today. The MASH finale would have yeah. been the same. The only thing that ever would garner that level um, where I grew up is like if the Yankees were playing the Red yeah. Sox. <laughs> that is the only thing that would draw yeah. people to their TVs in that way. Yeah. Well, uh, should we talk about the episode? What do you guys think? Every let's, time she smiles. Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> uh, I think we could use a little uh, a summary to refresh our memories. What do you think, Annie? Yes, allow me to let you know what happened in this episode. So MacGyver is in Bulgaria to acquire microfilm, uh, proving corruption among military police in that country. At the airport, he meets none other than Penny Parker, a beautiful, talkative American actor and model who slips some jewels into MacGyver's pocket. Cannot wait to discuss this. They are detained by Penny's boyfriend, Stefan, who unwittingly takes the microfilm. MacGyver and Penny escape, steal back the microfilm, and eventually manage to turn Stefan uh, toward their goals. And the three of them escape the KGB and flee over the border into Greece. Yes. Your episode. Uh, that's great. Um, so we're going to share our opinions about what worked and what didn't for us in this episode, uh, as well as how we feel it holds up now. Uh, but before we dig into the, all of that, uh, what were our first impressions? Tracy, what was your first impression having only seen snippets and having gone to college in the town they filmed this in? What did it seem like for you? Uh, wow. Uh, wow, wow was my first word. <laughs> Have you um, watched an 80s television episode in a while? You know, not in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what we thought then, but I know what we think now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Terry Hatcher, she didn't get a whole lot better, honestly. Uh, <laughs> she sort of stayed like that, but she's just older now. Um, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was uh, it uh, it was fascinating, like the heavily scripted lines, and yeah. uh, uh, it was uh, something. It was something. <laughs> what was your thought, Annie? What did you think of this one? Yeah, so I I sort of liked the episode in terms of <laughs> uh, like for a MacGyver episode, I actually yeah. sort of liked it. There were a lot of um, things for MacGyver to get into, which I always like. He's got different locations. He's got different kind of um, things that he's doing. So I sort of appreciated that. Uh, But the Terry Hatcher character really bugged me um, (laughs) this episode. I think Terry actually did the best she could with that role. But I was really hoping that we were building to some sort of uh, crescendo where Terry had been the mastermind behind the whole thing. (laughs) You know, I really was holding out hope for that. I thought like, okay, it it turns out she is a spy. It turns out she is, you know, orchestrating all of these dumb men to uh, to kind of (laughs) her own ends. And no, that didn't come for me. So uh, so that was a disappointment. Although Terry was uh, she was a very good stunt car driver there at the end sure. that can't be easy right suddenly she's having to drive right up onto a diesel truck and then next to it while a guy jumps back in her car oh my god those Amazing. are some skills yeah terry hatcher so she was 22 at this time mm-hmm. um you know like this is this is a very early role and i w- i probably wasn't as irritated by it as y'all were but <laughs> it was an interesting dynamic they put together because I was both annoyed with and sort of intrigued by and appreciated the dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. Like, of course it was annoying because, you know, they've given her this role of the trope of the dippy, stupid, you know, model, um, the, you know, the blonde, basically. (laughs) She's not blonde. And the annoying American abroad. Like, like we set that up immediately. Like, she's the dumb dumb who doesn't understand that she's the foreigner in this culture. And and I think that could have, I think the writing on her could have been a lot worse. She could have been a lot more irritating Mm -hmm. and a lot more, um, I mean, it was still a dumb dumb role um but some of her lines were actually funny and cute and the character you know she leaned into the character and she had some fun with it um and i think it was i was appreciative that macgyver's reactions weren't um like combative or bickering because she was so childlike that it really could have come across as abusive if he had like argued with her the whole time so i appreciated that he was more passive with it but then occasionally you would feel like why isn't he reacting he's so passive You know, which is another hallmark of MacGyver is a lot of times he's just too fucking calm. I had trouble reading him with her. There were times when it looked like when he said, you've got all the makings of an amazing woman. I'm like, (laughs) what evidence do you have so far? Like you've had very few interactions with her. And then also there were times when like it seemed like maybe he was kind of attracted to her. But then times when he was more brotherly yeah and also you have all the makings of it <laughs> like that is the weirdest compliment i have ever heard in my entire life that it's like freaking. you got all the parts kid um, <laughs> like just what yeah that's like one of those things that like older men say to like underage girls you know where yeah. you're like, stop yeah. don't do that no <laughs> just say she's amazing or she's not like yeah. or Shut up. Don't I am missing the you got all the makings. I'm missing the elements. Like I wish he I just wish he listed them then. For example, example. ABC. I would like to have heard I I would like to have heard. Yeah, even if it was something superficial, give us give us something. But I I do want to talk about 
how she planted those uh, German <laughs> crown jewels oh into MacGyver's pocket. <laughs> that is the clumsiest thing I've ever seen. Just yeah. her like, hey, what's that? Like, I know. I mean, we have seen previous episodes where he has caught people red handed before and walked into a room and known exactly what's going on. Sherlock Holmes style. And the fact that he doesn't notice that is as she shoves her whole hand into his pocket is ludicrous. Um, well, so let's uh, circle back to the beginning because I want to talk about the beginning real quick. <laughs> we open with a bunch of B-roll of Bulgaria and then we we cut to a park in California, basically, <laughs> um, that's standing in for Bulgaria. And then we have a little the little thing about the merry-go-round, which we're going to see later. Um, and we we get an explanation for Richard Dean Anderson's arm cast, which Tracy, uh, you may not know. <laughs> I don't know why you would that the actor actually broke his hand in the previous episode. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't know that. But right at the beginning, the merry-go-round scene, I don't know if this was just terrible writing. He used the word magic twice back to back. Merry-go-rounds are magical. And he said, yeah. you get on it and you're in another world. It's like magic. <laughs> really? You pay people a lot of money to write on this show. I didn't catch that. That's so funny. And the chess game. Uh, I was really worried he was going to do that terrible thing that happens in shows all the time where a guy shows up, walks up to people who have been clearly doing this their entire lives and then sees a move that they don't see. And then I was going to slap him right through the screen <laughs> if that was going to happen. <laughs> like, don't you tell me this 80-year-old Bulgarian man hasn't right. thought of the fucking move that you're going to advise him on right now, you 36-year-old yeah. yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does... Um, he does try to do that, um, but it's yeah. maybe that's their code. Maybe it looks like because the because yeah. the knight he picks up is actually the one with the microfilm on the yeah, bottom. Yeah, that's it, I. Was I, I was relieved that that seemed to be part of their exchange yeah. um, for the microfilm. So that seemed sort of planned. But I got to tell you, I love a uh, Eastern European chess scene. Um, that is yeah. just a a, a good. They got they got every incredible every old me. white man they could find from Central Casting and put them in caps and corduroy loved jackets. It. Yeah, <laughs> loved it. I just I love this like cliche of old men in the park playing mm -hmm. chess. It's been used like time and time and yeah. time again. I don't know who is so fascinated by this in Hollywood, but yeah, I, it's I that, it. and it's like parking garages. Those are the places we do like yeah. uh, Intel drops. Um, yeah, I, I thought the that move was very slick. And this was one of the first times that we've seen MacGyver doing espionage work and actually taking care with the information as opposed to like throwing it up in the air in his hand like, like it's no big deal or like talking about it out loud in public. He's like actually being slick. And, you know, from afar, this just looks like a friendly chess game, which I was like, oh, thank God there. We're finally getting. And then they, later they just decimate that because, um, well, I'll get into it later. <laughs> it made me nostalgic for when um, you actually had to have a physical connection in order to pass information. It's really hard to build suspense these days when the suspense is just looking at a screen and like, did a button right. get pushed on a screen? People don't actually have to meet in real life. The yeah. only way they do it now is like, oh, the network is down and none of the phones work because there's, a, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of like shows like House of Cards, where their whole thing is they have, you know, the graphics of text messages coming up mm -hmm. on the screen. And I'm like, yeah. nothing could be less interesting to watch yeah. <laughs> to me than the text going back and forth, you know, between these two characters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I did wonder, of course, why he does make a little joke about how I think I'll just mail this postcard home. 
And I just thought, like, why didn't you? Like, this whole thing could have been voided if you just dropped it in the nearest mailbox. Like, and people did that. Like, that was a spy tactic of putting stuff under stamps and mailing it to specific P.O. boxes. And the fact that he took it to the airport with him seems like bad spycraft. I think the idea was supposed to be that we're going to establish that every time this female character is in the presence of men and smiles, she melts the melts them into a puddle, right? Because she does that with his guard at that moment. Mm-hmm. And then they have this conversation about like, for men, you're just like, every time you smile, it's like, a, I don't know. I thought it was gross. Yeah. I mean, that, that whole thing was terrible. And I, I kept <laughs> wanting it to be deeper and it just wasn't. I mean, yeah. the, the idea is just that she's like this dumb charmer mm-hmm. who, you know, can't <laughs> help but take down these big, important, smart men uh, right, because right. she's just so charming. So charming and fun I think I think that's her she's whimsical and fun uh, the original title of this episode was Together Forever so at who some would point, that be in reference to I don't know <laughs> no. I don't know that would be like that's a horror film type of uh, or, yeah. or like a stalker film yeah. you know when she described her relationship with Stefan to MacGyver she said after a while I couldn't go anywhere you know mm-hmm. it yeah, sounded right. very very like I was imprisoned <laughs> in his apartment yeah. but then when she talked to him it was more like you didn't like it when I flirted with the guy which is very different than the vibe she was giving macgyver which yeah. is like you know uh but then like toward the end of course they're digging each other again mm-hmm. uh and i'm like but wasn't he kind of locking you in like that was the vibe <laughs> i got he was locking you and yeah. she made a point of talking about how shitty his apartment was on multiple yeah. occasions yeah. so was it really more about that um yeah she's uh materialistic and flirting with other people and he's controlling and potentially emotionally abusive so <laughs> i don't know if this is the best relationship and is and it comes from a long line of you know corrupt politicians right. and <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, his family's just stealing the German crown jewels. No big right. deal. And he's been with a lot of women because later his uncle, uh, you know, when he tells his uncle, hey, they took the jewelry, his uncle's like, what's so special about this girl? You've had so many, you know? Yeah. So obviously the size of his apartment was not a huge limiting factor in his ability to get pussy I on guess, other occasions. I oh my God. Um, I did notice that she used the word awesome in the beginning part of her. And I was like, how... Like, this has to be one of the very first usages of that word in that context. I was like, I had no idea that we were saying awesome in 1986. Did you? I felt like, feels like a later thing, but I guess. Oh, no, I think we were saying awesome when I was in junior high school, which would have huh. been like 1983 to 1985. Wow. It's an old word. I didn't realize that. Uh, <laughs> oh, I put that my, the metal detector that MacGyver goes through is made out of oak. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason i've never seen one that looks quite so much like furniture um and then when we see the jewelry in that scene uh in the airport it's like in his hand it's like they put the sparkle filter on it with the stars you know that they put on the home shopping network it's very crazy and why did it why did it make the security uh the alarm go off it's, it's I thought the diamonds same thing. like yeah. it's not metal why is it going off like i don't know and then it's not jewelry it's just a bunch of big stones like yeah you know it's not even wearable but but yeah i was curious <laughs> like there's no metal in that i'm not sure why the alarm is going off well so we, we have this feudal chase scene in the airport and they get handcuffed together handcuffing p- two people together it was a, a, such an 80s thing um uh you know <laughs> like oh no now they're shackled to one another um but i did like like i liked the fact that now like because of the fact that he 
um, Stefan uh, raided MacGyver's bag and just sort of uh, haphazardly took the postcard that now MacGyver has like a motivation. You know, it's very clear. Yeah. He needs the fucking postcard back. Um, and now he actually like he is, you know, sometimes when they sort of quote unquote trap someone in a situation, you don't really believe it, but this feels like he has a very clear motivation. He needs that postcard back. Yeah. It makes sense as to why he is spending time with this woman and why it is, uh, (laughs) yeah. Why he is getting sucked into her. Frankly, it's just relationship drama. This is an interpersonal (laughs) concern of hers. Although we do get to find out later that their two stories are intertwined and that they actually matter. And that's, I mean, through, you know, uh, no fewer than four different exposition scenes, which (laughs) are are really heavy on the dialogue. So we really need to know. I haven't seen a lot of episodes. Does he often run into a hot woman? Is that part of the thing that happens? It happens quite a lot. In the first season. Yeah, Yeah, in the first season. I think later on they start to figure out that that dynamic uh, doesn't always pay off and people like to see him on his own um, and have him be a free agent. But in this beginning part, you can just feel the sort of like old white men producers being like, make sure you put a babe in there pretty much every episode. But Terry Hatcher in particular does come back. I think she winds up guest starting um, a couple seasons later. I don't imagine it's as the same character. We'll have to see. If oh, I believe it is. Oh, it is the same is... character. Yeah, um, yeah. Because Richard Dean Anderson and Terry Hatcher actually wind up dating in the yeah. early 90s. So, no. um, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. you know, I actually used said earlier Annie that she leaned into it I do like the way she owned it she like didn't pretend to try to be anyone else she just owned it hard and that was actually a little bit more enjoyable yeah it's fun she was having fun with um this idea she's the you know ditzy American bopping around Europe and Mm -hmm. you know dating uh men who will learn or include a border patrol agent (laughs) Uh, but we'll we'll get to that uh later oh my god so uh when we're in that room and we that this gag with him putting the coat rack, the coat hangers together, pulling this chair through the wall is hilarious to me. The force that goes through the wall with is insane. <laughs> it is, but it's classic MacGyver. Yeah. You know, he's making yeah. something out of coat hangers, which he for some reason had access to when yep. he's being detained in an airport. And I've never been like detained in an airport. I have I twice. Have you so, really? Do you twice. have like a bunch of junk around to make? <laughs> Uh, different little contraptions with or do they generally put you in a blank room? So one time I was detained in West Africa and I forget which country, um, Cameroon. I was doing a layover and they wanted a bribe. And so they put me in a room to scare me, to make me wait. I do not recall if there were um, any wire hangers in there. Had they been, <laughs> I could have made a figure eight with them and busted out of that room. <laughs> And the second time was I was coming. Did you back give from them a bribe? Did you figure it out and bribe them? No, I looked at them and I pushed back hard and then they let yeah. me go. Like I huh. just, I think I started yelling. And then the second time was here in the U.S. I was coming back from Afghanistan and I had a visa and everything, but they were concerned about how many times I'd been in Afghanistan because it was just after the Taliban fell hmm. there. And so they put me in a room for a little while as well. But that was like with other people and there were also no wire hangers available. <laughs> you, you didn't have that availability. What were you doing in Afghanistan? <laughs> I was, in well, I, enjoy, You're not on trial I, here. I think poppies are very beautiful flowers. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I was there for, I was doing humanitarian work um, right after the Taliban fell in early 2002. Um, UNICEF gave my organization some money and we went over and we opened up 
uh, schools for kids to help them get some regular activities mm-hmm. right after. Wow. Uh, and so we were setting up these kind of temporary emergency schools, you know. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. Some people call me Mama T, but you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's crazy. That's I won't. I never will call you oh, that. Good, but... thanks. <laughs> uh, I, I loved this moment of them like coming out of this sort of tunnel of love on the baggage claim and then jumping down and then everyone looking at them and him saying like economy class. It's very, very 80s. Um, I had a moment. I had a moment when I saw them lying down and it might be because I'm in a new relationship and I'm feeling kind of lovey-dovey. But when they were <laughs> lying down on the baggage cart and uh, and like, you know, he has to hold her down. Yeah. Not in a terrible way, audience. It wasn't, it was more like he wasn't <laughs> like keep her putting head down, her down. Yeah. He was like, you know, keep your head down. But I, but <laughs> this is how, this is how I am right now. I was like, oh, you know what? I bet there's a connection right now because it does feel really good to be held by somebody. <laughs> oh my God. I love that that's the, you're really rooting for these two crazy kids. Oh. Uh, also, I mean, we're together. all in the middle of this weird lockdown where touching people is just a luxury, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, yeah. So, and, and we want to be respectful to our listeners who have not been touched in a while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because that's Trigger that warning is, if you haven't been touched in a while. MacGyver right. and Terry Thatcher do touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah they do touch each other. They do. <laughs> um, it is, it has become a thing for me almost like it's a cliche at this point where I have become anxious when I see people in television do things like shake hands and totally, hug each yeah. other and be in proximity to one another without masks um, because I'm just looking at it like, what are you doing? Like, why are you shaking hands? Like half an hour ago, uh, my wife and I were just looking at, a, at the latest OK Go video and it's got thousands of people in it all very close together. And I said, oh, this must have been filmed pre-COVID, huh? And she was like, hope so. <laughs> you know, just like, can't yeah. look at anything anymore. It's yeah, it's ruined. Uh, <laughs> it's ruined. <laughs> well, it's also ruined. Like, so I watch, you know, I on Sunday mornings, I'll watch SNL and, you know, I'm always like, well, how'd they do that? How'd they figure it out? How'd they do the testing? How'd they get all these people in proximity? So it's, it's, yeah, uh, it's become uh, slightly distracting. And Annie, I don't know this for sure, but I'm going to guess you might be within the subset of people who are kind of a little bit okay with some of the separation that's going on between individuals. Oh yeah, I'm I'm great with it. <laughs> yeah. And you're not like I don't think you're a big like hey Annie like everybody hug. You know, you're not, you know, I I've never like I bit. I don't tell people to hug each other. I I'm yeah. going to be, be on the record right now and yeah. say that. <laughs> hey, everybody hug. Everybody the Anne Russell story. Yeah. Yeah, Terry Hatcher, man. I was thinking about watching this was making me uh, also nostalgic for uh, my sister and I just watched all every episode of Lois and Clark, The New uh, Adventures of Superman when oh, we were growing yes. up. Were you I guys watched into that? that as well. Yes. I remember she was like a sex symbol right at the beginning of the internet because mm-hmm. I was a an adolescent teen right at the beginning of the internet and remember like dial up modem loading over the course of 10 minutes wow. a, a sexy photo of Terry Hatcher. <laughs> I did not realize she was so hot. I only remember her now, so I don't think I ever saw her as a young woman that I can recall. When she played Lois Lane, man, that was like she's very, very pretty. 
Yeah. Yeah. She, I feel like there was maybe a gap where I didn't, I wasn't really aware of her like post uh, new Superman um, and pre desperate housewives and desperate housewives was the kind of show that just did not hit my demographic. Like yeah, right. I was not pulled into that in at all. <laughs> so neither. it's funny because on paper, I was thinking this step on character they really do set up the fact that he's kind of like naive and he's kind of, um, you know, a little bit sappy for her. And he d- he doesn't have the hard kind of edge that's required to do what's necessary. And then eventually he turns. And I just that turn at the end just bothered me for some reason. The mm-hmm. whole time I'm like, I don't believe it when he turns so quickly to their side, even though they've been planting the seeds along the way the entire time. And I think the, the reason I think I've uh, I've come to for it is that if you're a 35 year old man who's in the KGB, you know what's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no way you can like be ignorant of that your entire life and then have your uncle one day be like, "There's jewels we stole," and he's like, "Torture!" Like, yeah. it's he. He's in the KGB. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was like, "You mean torture?" Yeah, yeah. he's pretty taken aback. And then yeah. honestly, the torture. Let's just get into that. That was pretty uh, dark for that time for a, such a broad TV show. Okay, I, I was thinking Flashdance, honestly. I was. Uh, <laughs> it really looked so more like Flashdance than waterboarding. Okay, good. Like, I'm it glad felt, it wasn't just me. It felt like, more like, okay, we're pouring a little bit of water on this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. It didn't feel like, uh, you know, <laughs> this is a serious <laughs> war crime happening right oh, now. So funny. But the thing oh. that I could not get past with Stefan is that. So you find out that your uncle and your entire family has stolen uh, German uh, jewels. You find out that your name is on a damn Swiss bank account somewhere and you're seeing zero money from this. And he is not upset at all. He has (laughs) zero reaction to the whole like, oh, by the way, your name is on this Swiss bank account. That to me, like that could have been their opportunity for him to be like, outraged over the top to Mm -hmm. sort of, uh, you know, do a little bit of this premonition for him to actually turn. And that was just like a wasted exposition-y scene. Yeah. Yeah. He's very weak until he turns at the end. And maybe that's why it didn't play yeah. for me. But um, but yeah, I do. I do think, you know, there are parts of this that worked. I mean, there was too much damn exposition between him, him and his uncle. But this fear of like being shot in a blindfold in the courtyard or being sent to Siberia, they're, they're, it's not unfounded with this stuff in the USSR at this time. Um, I mean, it's very pro-American, anti-Russian, but, you know, uh, it's it's based partly in truth. And then, um, you know, the torture scene, I was thinking like, oh, this is something that we've seen much darker and much more graphic depictions of since. Um, but for like a, such a broad show that kids were watching, I was surprised they went as far as they did with like, we're going to shoot your nephew's kneecaps. And like, they really kind of got a little more graphic than I expected with that. Well, and I also want to talk about how quickly you can develop film. Um, they said, here's the photos. They were taken yesterday. (laughs) Now, I don't remember 24-hour development. Maybe, maybe, I mean, I guess, you know, it's the KGB, but that seems... They got a dark room somewhere, right? All right. It felt fast. It (laughs) felt like that's pretty fast. Well, they had to get down from the Swiss Alps or wherever they were to get these things. Yeah, they had to go up there, take the photo, (laughs) come down overnight, the dark room, and like, you know, that felt a little quick. Yeah, a little convenient that they knew. Uh, So uh, another issue I had with the espionage part of things is so they go back to the they go back to the park right to meet the old man again um and first of all they could have gotten rid of the handcuffs in the cab on the way over there (laughs) i don't know why they waited as long as they did but also um 
I understand why they had to do this for TV. Like he has to say, psst, psst, come here. And then they duck into a shed and have a whole exposition scene in there about what's going on and how the two stories intersect and all this stuff. But, uh, you know, as, as a lover of the espionage genre, I'm just like, this would just never, ever, ever happen. Like this, a public meeting between two like assets is like the last thing you do. It's the most dangerous thing to get two people in a public place together. So you always do whatever you can to avoid that. So you do dead drops or you do like you plan the thing, you know, you spend, you're sounding very schooled in the world of spies. I mean, it's so dumb, but you spend two days losing your tail and, and disguising yourself before you ever come into contact with that guy again. Um, so the fact that they're just ducking into a shed in the same park that he was in this morning to me was like, I mean, based on my, uh, research, which includes watching the Americans and Homeland, uh, this is not how it's done. (laughs) This is you. You got to at least get a wig going. You got to have some (laughs) some kind of disguise. And she's wearing that bright. She's wearing that bright yellow dress coming out like oh she couldn't. And she is squawking in her American accent loudly, (laughs) like all around town. So oh, so funny. Uh, and then, of course, we have the little escape scene where they run into the merry-go-round. Um, typical MacGyverism to me. I was like, oh, MacGyver always has like one thing that's unnecessary in the thing he's doing. Like he cranks the merry-go-round up and then instead of just like shutting it off, he throws yeah. shit into the gears. Like you just shut <laughs> the fucking thing that. off. I'm like, why don't you just turn it off real quick? <laughs> yeah, so dumb. Was, I'm like... I couldn't figure out what he's doing. And I'm like, uh, oh, okay. I just I found that. this bucket of chain. Yeah, links. it has, there has <laughs> to be like a noisy, um, yeah. complicated, flashy, something flashy, flashy right? thing. I mean, yeah. it, it's clearly like, you know, this is a show for, you know, preteen boys to yeah. <laughs> watch these cool, you know, MacGyverisms that he does. And that's part of it. So they, I feel like they're trying to hit all, all the bases there. You know, they're trying to be like, okay, we got the love interest. We got the thing for the yep. preteen boys. We've got everything. I liked the callback to the merry-go-round because at the beginning, the merry-go-round represented magic and innocence, but he told us well in advance that that's not how it was going to go right. <laughs> and then brought us back to the merry-go-round. Luckily, there were no small children on that <laughs> merry-go-round, only KGB agents, which was super oh handy God. when it was going 90 miles an hour. <laughs> Why didn't See, there were I no was... children flying <laughs> off of that merry-go-round. I, was, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> and like, who among us hasn't been on a merry-go-round? go around and thinking this thing is going too slow. I mean, come yeah, on. Totally. That's yeah. like, it is not a, a thrill seekers ride typically. And uh, that looked fun to me. It did look fun. Uh, of course, like, in these old TV shows, man, like the stunt people just like the combination of the gymnastic way they go head over heels, like, and the sound effects of them going, whoa, it's so cartoony to me. Um, I love it, but it's so silly. It is interesting in Bulgaria. Um, very easy to uh, change the speed of America around yeah. as just yeah. a passenger. Like you don't need you to just have, push it harder. Yeah. You just, you don't need to have special, a special key. Nothing. It's a passenger can walk up to that into. I it. love that the crank goes up to like there's a governor on it, and it's got an extra twenty five percent that they oh don't use. I love, I, I love that it can just go faster yeah. if you want. If you want you wanted to. to. It reminded me of this documentary I recently watched, um, Class Action Park, about this 
park in New Jersey where it was all about this, like anything goes mindset. Mm -hmm. And they just did this stupid garbage um, all the time (laughs) and just the most dangerous things with the rides. And I actually went there when I was a little kid and I remember Mm -hmm. it being like, oh, so-and-so broke his arm there. So-and-so did it up. Like it was just this place. It just reminded me of how lawless, especially in the Mm -hmm. 80s, these yeah. some of these like carnival rides could be yeah. um and in the days know, where a playground would days. be like metal on concrete right yes yes yep. i i, I kind of miss that you know you could die at any time thing <laughs> <laughs> some people call that the good old days yeah, i know right <laughs> Tony Bates, for one. Uh, <laughs> yes, I was thinking that exact thing. <laughs> we know that joke. Tony Bates came into my mind. For all the listeners who are outside of Vermont, for all our international and national listeners, Tony Bates is a local local comedian. He's known. He gets around yeah, yeah. the Facebook threads, so okay. people know oh, who he is. So uh, we've talked already about the, we've got all the makings of a, a great lady. Um, and he there's this scene where he kisses her for luck in the restaurant. And I was like, this so easily just should have been a peck on the cheek. Like, there's no reason why he should have kissed her on the lips at this point. I feel like I stopped uh, trying to make sense of his the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Any yeah. sort of relationship and uh, any yeah. dynamic because it's never going to make sense. I feel like these people are already too close in too short of an amount of time. I mean, if I meet someone within this time frame, I am just like, hello, how are you? Let's yeah. <laughs> do this job together. Let's not physically touch at all. But Annie, if you were handcuffed to someone and then you had to weirdly straddle them on a luggage, you know, conveyor belt, and then your life is in danger, that really accelerates the sense of connection you might have with them and you might share a kiss. That's all I'm saying. I guess you're pushing me to be more open to this and I appreciate that, you know. Their, their genitals were aligned on a baggage cart already. So they know and, each other. And you guys are right. I have not had that experience. <laughs> if I had a nickel. All right, hold it steady for me, will you? Oh, so MacGyver sneaks into the apartment. <laughs> uh, what did we think of this whole scene with the kitchen stuff? I, yeah, I mean, I want to give one um, defensive Terry Hatcher and just say <laughs> that apartment was shitty. Like, I, was. I thought it was <laughs> a place that I would not want to hang out. If I yep. was dating someone who lived there, I would judge them. So I am mm-hmm. with her on that. Um, I really did not think it was needed for every ingredient of this cocktail that he was making to be mentioned. Um, oh, you know, I feel differently. I like when he actually lists all the ingredients of something he's doing. Cause I'm like, you know what, what if kids want to try it at home? Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> now they can. That is my point. I do not think we need to be like, and then you get some rat poison and then you get some tile cleaner and then you get some this. And it's like, you like, I really want to see the accident reports of what, happened after this and i know what that we've sort of learned that they always leave something out um so that they don't actually uh let people know how to make a bomb for example but um that again uh this was in the days before the internet when kids didn't know how they couldn't just immediately find out if they wanted to know how to make a bomb Well, I liked that he has all those ingredients and they all seem to be new bottles. Like, and then you get, 
the oven cleaner. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's like, he just happens to have this yeah. single guy happens to have yeah. a brand new bottle of oven cleaner. Yeah. It's like they all look like they were created by the art department. Yeah. He just had everything in a cupboard that you would need to make this sort of kitchen bomb, which is super handy. Yeah. Which I don't know that many single men who love to scrub tile in their spare time. <laughs> in my experience, yeah. that's not something that usually happens. And lard. And lard. There was a big <laughs> can of lard there. There was a lot of lard. So and, lard. And honestly, my first thought was, oh, maybe in Bulgaria, that's like, maybe if you're like a single guy, yeah. like just like <laughs> single guy, always have some butter. Because you got to make mac and cheese. Maybe you just have lard when you're well, in Bulgaria. I, you're like, well, I've got lard. I mean, I don't have anything, yeah, but I have I lard. I had that thought too because I was like, you know, some cultures cook with lard, you know, sure. a great deal. And I was like, is Bulgaria one of those places? Like, I actually oh, I don't look know if it is. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Um, I, uh, yeah, the listing of the ingredients thing, I got so annoyed because, I mean, they really love this, this narration thing, this like MacGyver narrating all of his own actions mm -hmm. thing. And I understand why, because when he's alone, we have to tell the audience what's happening. But from a modern standpoint, it's so frustrating because... I want like I want to release a, a box DVD set of the entire series of MacGyver where we take all of the narration out because to a modern <laughs> audience, it's like that scene made total sense to me. Okay, he's putting a bunch of stuff together. Okay, oven cleaner probably has some kind of like flammable properties to it. Okay, like he's putting some newspaper down. He's got the gas line open. He's just got to spark this thing, right? Like, you know, you've seen enough of this kind of yes. shit now that you know what he's doing. You don't need it. Uh, and and the fact that they thought they needed it. Nathan, I love that you think that that's what would save this show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I don't... That's what would make it appealing to modern audiences. So much better. That <laughs> <laughs> would save... Uh, uh, yeah. Would See, save you know what from... we have to do is we do have to get around to watching um, some of the new uh, the MacGyver remake to see what they've dreaded and what they've uh, gotten rid of because I still haven't had the pleasure of checking. Well, there's it out. and there's the other moment where he uses narration where it drove me crazy in this scene where he gets the postcard out of the guy's bag, he finds the postcard that he needs and he holds it up and the narration says, My postcard. <laughs> it's like this see, is a visual medium. We know you have but the postcard. But that's the now. kind of stuff that I love. I just love <laughs> that 80s like and and then that's when the I realized monologue, like right. it just um I love it because as an audio storyteller, <laughs> I'm always like, okay, we gotta explain this out. We gotta do some narration and texture. And I just love that they overuse it um in this. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh so all this kitchen shenanigans, the guy shows up and there's this whole standoff. Um, and then he knocks him out with one punch of his cast. They are, they're making good use of the cast, which I love. Um, I do want to talk about the final scene where they need to cross over the border yeah, into sure. Greece because, oh my God, just amazing how the three of them are, are now all on the same side and they're about to cross the border. And because she has dated this uh, border security agent in the past, uh, doesn't recognize him right away for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but once she does, uh, it becomes very clear uh, that there are no passports needed in this transaction right, any right. longer. They can just get right on <laughs> over that border. And is she going to, is she going to end up with Stefan? Like, are they an item? Who knows? Um, right. You know, I was curious about that. Like, she she actually likes him except for the part where you know he doesn't appear to let her out of an apartment i believe <laughs> but other than that she seems to like him and he thinks she is just the cat's meow 
Um, and MacGyver was just being friendly with her. He, he knows he's moving on. And I think Stefan agreed that if he's okay with her smiling at people, yeah. he's good. Maybe he's grown uh, uh, through this whole thing. Doesn't he have their passports? <laughs> Didn't we establish that he has them? Who has their passports? I was confused <laughs> well, about did. that. Uh, but thank God she knew that guard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and boy, did she know him. Um, did she know him biblically? I think she <laughs> might have. Smiled. Yeah. yeah, she smiled at him, which in her book means... They paint her as a very innocent person, but she yeah. also gets around, obviously. Exactly. It's fine. like, hey, she's dated a couple <laughs> people. I think that's totally fine. Well, so quickly, I want to uh, st- take one step back. What did you all think about the tr- the tanker truck gag? <laughs> oh, Yeah. I was confused at first. I thought the whole thing was putting that, I don't know what it was, hose over the pipe. I thought that was going to be the thing. Me too. But that was just part one. Right. And then he's putting, you know, the gasoline onto the... He's cutting a hole on, in the water line and then putting the other end of the, in the water. Yeah, and then it gets all slippery. Again, like there's one more step. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty... Like, wow. Yeah. And now imagine that you're being chased by cars you can't outrun. And uh, there's a truck driver who apparently doesn't know this is happening. <laughs> and you need like a full 10 minutes to to execute this. It was yeah. very clunky. And she's just doing some great stunt driving. She drives him right up. He jumps onto the truck. And then she drives right up next to the truck. And he gets back in. I think she's pretty impressive there. And she's saying the whole time, this is just like a just TV like a t- show, yeah, which is weird writing <laughs> for a TV yes. show. Meta, yeah. <laughs> very, very strange. They're really hitting us over the head with this idea that she is just kind of flaky. And yeah, um, I thought that the scene was too long, um, yeah. kind of confusing uh, and unnecessary. <laughs> Those are all of my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I, I know, again, we, we need a big finale, right? So we need something sure. big and explosive and that's yeah, great. Gotta, and everything, but just let the water out and let the cars flip. Like we didn't need to. Any number of ways incinerate. that could have been sped up. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, a tractor. <laughs> Don't tractors run yeah. on gas. Okay. That was okay. <laughs> I feel like they were really going over the top yeah. to make her sound dumb there. Like, you know what? There are times, although I really related her, there are times <laughs> when I cannot remember the name of a basic machine, like maybe a toaster. I'll be like, you know, the thing where you put in bread yes. and then one of my kids will say, do you mean a toaster? So I felt her in that moment, but also I felt like they were really trying to make her look yeah. dumb. Don't you have a joke about that? Uh, you have a joke about forgetting some, the name of something and then... Uh, maybe, you know yeah. Jokes? I don't even remember the name anymore, <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> I don't know. Um... Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to find out where this episode falls on our DTNP rating system. Stick around. We'll be right back. How amazing is it that we have the ability to send emails? It really is a feat of humankind. Then why does email suck so bad? It doesn't have to. If you're ready to enjoy email again, I have a solution. It's called Big Fred's Smut Collection. Receive a dirty animated drawing in your email inbox every Sunday. And the best part is, it's completely free. Follow at Big Fred Smut on Instagram, and you can DM your email to sign up. Sign up now. It's totally free at Big Fred Smut on Instagram. We're back with our guest, um, and we're going to move on to our next segment right away. It's time for It's Classified. 
we are on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. So we are going to rate this episode. Yes. Uh, this is a rapid fire game and each one of us is going to score every time she smiles from one through 10 on four different characteristics. And we're going to start with you, Tracy, because you are our guest. Uh, <laughs> our first category from one to 10 is how exciting was this episode? I'm going to give it a six. I thought okay. it was it was more exciting than your average bear, but uh, <laughs> maybe not the most exciting. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. What about you, Annie? I, uh, I'm going to say seven for me. I, okay. I was excited. Um, it's pretty high I, for you. It is high for me. I love, um, an Eastern European KGB <laughs> spy caper. So for yeah, me, yeah. um, I was, I was interested, you know, yeah. and as we've discussed old men playing chess is a bit of an Achilles <laughs> heel for me. So I, I like it. Yeah. Oh, it's such a crazy episode. And I love that uh, MacGyver is just like, when it's convenient, he's a CIA spy. And when yes. it's not, he's something else. He's a, he's a security expert or he's a, like, sometimes he's depicted as just like a freelance security guy. And other times he's like, like literally infiltrating the KGB. And he also plays dumb to the point where, you know, sometimes he pretends yeah. to be just this kind of like, I'm just a backwards guy help. and I'm yeah. going to help, uh, you know, fix your helicopter. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, that's not even, what is your job? Oh, it's very confusing. Uh, oh, <laughs> I had one other note about the, the scene where they sneak over the border. They say, uh, on the other side of this fence, we should be in Greece. And I was like, or at least North Hollywood. Yeah. This is like, <laughs> that's your border. It's like, you've really run out of money when a barbed wire fence is your border. But I got to um, tell you, Hollywood looks more like Greece than some of the other places that true. they have uh, tried yeah. to <laughs> pass this off at. So. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say seven. I think that's, that's about right. Um, our next category is acting and writing. We smush these two together. So from a scale of one to 10, Tracy, what is, how are, how was the acting and writing in this episode? I'm going to give that a four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that feels about right. I think it's economy class. Uh, that I was, <laughs> I feel like they were scraping the bottom of the barrel there. Uh, oh. I'm going to give it a four. Although I did enjoy the writing for Penny Parker because they leaned in hard. They did lean in hard. Now, did you not like that pun or that or that quip because you've seen it so many times since? That's the question. Like, like uh, there's that Kevin Smith line when he throws somebody off the train and he yells like, no ticket. Like there's always, we've seen this yeah. trope a lot, right? I'm not a big fan of like the, 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 the line that, yeah, I think yeah. I'm not a big quip fan. Would I, I don't think I even when I was young ever would have thought that that was funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, who is that for, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who is it? It's not me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Bond's been doing it, you know, forever. Yeah, so. I can yeah. I know who it's for. I I know people <laughs> who laugh at those. It's uh, for all our dads, okay. right? Yeah. No, I know plenty of people who I won't name that uh laugh at every single thing that said uh those little quips. And yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. What do you think, Annie? Um, I'm going to also, I'm going to agree with Tracy. I'm going to say four. Um, I think we get a lot worse in MacGyver, but mm -hmm. we, we get better as well. I'm wondering if you've ever scored this category higher than a four or five. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm not sure MacGyver is known for great it's writing. Not the, so. not the best written show, Nathan. Um, I don't, I don't want to shock you 16 episodes into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the listeners could see the face that you made at me when I said that. Um, all right. Uh, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, there's I, like, I'm always trying to like find the good in the writing and acting because there are so many episodes that are so bad, poorly written and poorly acted. Um, and I think you could, you could make the case that Terry Hatcher's terrible in this, but I also think, Hey, look what she's working with. Um, and I also think the KGB, like 
the spy story actually kind of holds up. Like all the pieces are there. The fact that the two stories kind of intersect, but yeah. I, Can I back I'm up a, for a second, Nathan? You said yeah. that you wish listeners could see her face. Can listeners not see us? Did I shower for nothing an hour ago? <laughs> you showered for nothing. <laughs> oh my yep. God. <laughs> they can't even see my smile. If oh. You, if you, oh man. If they could, Every time you, she smiles. You would get us over <laughs> foreign borders. Every time she smiles, Mark Marin says, hey, maybe she should hold <laughs> open for me. Oh my God. <laughs> Not that we're ever holding it against her. Folks, this is four years ago. I want everyone to understand this. <laughs> this is not a recent uh, situation. Except in my heart, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you still have the thing on your fridge. Uh, so um, I'm giving it a five. Uh, I think that's about right. Sheer innovation is our next category. So how inventive were the MacGyverisms in this episode do you think i love the chair through the chicken wire mm -hmm. as unbelievable as it might be i love that he told me how to make that kitchen bomb um and i forget the other macgyverisms right oh you know the truck, the truck thing, thing i yeah. i thought we stopped at the uh, hose over the pipe but oh, oh no we went a step farther <laughs> and yep. i enjoyed that too i mean yes yeah, so i like that you know some shows you know, um, I think of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, you know, I watch that for the stand-up she does. And some shows, they hardly give me any stand-up. If I'm watching MacGyver, I'm not watching for the amazing plot <laughs> or like the developing character. I'm watching Amen. for the MacGyverisms and I want to see them. Yeah. I like that I saw some. So I'm going to give that a seven. Okay. That's okay. hilarious and awesome. <laughs> um, it reminds me of, I remember my, when I was a kid, my dad would watch Top Gun. He would like rent it from our local video store and he would watch it and he would fast forward through all of the plot so he could see the flying scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and we used to make fun of him for that, but that's like all he cared about. He just wanted to see the cool flying scenes. Um, so yeah, there's, I think this is, these are pretty good ones. Yeah. These are like, uh, I mean, they're silly and dumb, but uh, I love to see MacGyver sitting in a, like, trapped in a room trying to figure out what he's going to use in that room to get out of that room. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Annie? I always struggle with this category because I always really like dialogue heavy episodes and hmm. I like the, um, the kind of intrigue and the intellectual dynamics when you have like a big reveal of, you know, somebody who switches sides and uh -huh. this didn't really have that for me. Um, and the MacGyverisms, I mean, nothing is going to beat coffin into a jet ski for me. Um, so for that reason, uh, it's not I'm, a MacGyverism. It is. <laughs> Have you ever turned a coffin into a jet ski? No, um, he didn't either. He just pushed a button. I, so I'm going to say five. I feel like okay. there were, were things that were kind of cool. Um, but I think we see him get more inventive. Okay. Um, yeah, it's so funny how like the last couple of episodes have felt like episodes that should be high stakes and yeah. somehow yet still feel like they're not. Like we had a potential nuclear meltdown in one of them. Mm -hmm. And this is like very high stakes. But for some reason, they they really, because MacGyver's so cool all the time, um, and like this turn at the end was supposed to be a real surprise when he turned. Yes. And it just doesn't feel like it. But um, it's well, because different. they didn't they didn't really make us care about the right. character enough. And so we just didn't really understand the stakes of him switching. Sides. They're not too good at building stakes in this show. Um, uh, okay. I'm going to go right in between you two for the innovation factor and say six. I did enjoy the, the, the MacGyverisms in this episode. They were pretty fun. Um, our, our final category of the four is eighties cool factor. 
So how cool was this as it might compare to the coolest 80s shit you can remember mm. on a scale of one to 10? I'm not going to give that a high ranking. I didn't see sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see yep. roller skates. Uh, <laughs> you know, Why are roller skates the coolest thing you can think of? <laughs> you know, there's some cool things in the 80s, and I yeah. did not feel like it hit cool. I think MacGyver wants to be cool. Terry Hatcher was actually the coolest uh, thing in that in that whole show. Yep. I'm going to give the cool factor just a five. Yeah, like we didn't see parachutes or skis. Like we didn't see yeah. a funky new '80s thing going the next level. It was pretty old school. So I and and we didn't even see his like suave charm in the way that we could have. So I'm only going to give it a five. Anytime uh, they've done a Cold War show, uh, episode, it has felt like a throwback to '60s mm-hmm. Cold War. Yeah. Um, so it never. They have the old cars and the old stock footage, and it yeah. doesn't ever feel like '80s Cold War, which is like a lot cooler. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Annie? So I, I'm going to rate this higher because there were two things that made it really cool to me. Um, one was Terry Hatcher's all yellow jumpsuit outfit. <laughs> yeah. I did like the yellow. Was I mean, that is no other decade. Yeah. So that is literally um, something that my older sister wore. I mean, she she was kind of the queen in the 80s of the like monochromatic outfits. And so the top always matched the linen pants. And so we had a lot of suits. And so that you know, bright yellow suit is something I, I, boxy suit is something I remember in my childhood and definitely Mm. brings me back to the eighties. And so for that reason, her hair, her costuming, like it was all right on the money for that dated look. (laughs) Secondly, what we haven't talked about at all is the soundtrack and the score of this episode with those synths. It sounded like it was a fucking John Carpenter score. (laughs) It was like this weird synthy, um, you know, almost horror-esque uh, music that they had in this episode. And I love that. Oh, I'm a big really fan that. of um, John Carpenter's music. And so I was like, you know what? This is cool. So, you know, I'm Annie, the only that. music I remember is when he started to tell her that not now, but later she might be quite a woman. Um, <laughs> and, and there was some nice piano music at that moment. And I was like, oh, they're shifting to the romantic music, which made me think maybe he had feelings for her, but it might have been more brotherly slash uncle slash fatherly. Uh, <laughs> and that was the only music I noticed. So I didn't even realize they were doing synthesizer. You're, they, you're had, they had some interesting little interludes of music that I thought were good. So I am me, enjoying every time he starts to invent. Now they've figured out that they need like a little bit more driving, a sort of like uh, piecing it together music, which yes. I enjoy when that transition happens, when his brain starts working, you know? Yes. So for me, that's, that's a seven. That's pretty cool. I agree. Okay. I I would have loved to have wow. seen like sunglasses or like a beach scene or something kind of like cool eighties, but I, I still, yeah, I think, um, Oh, this is such a tough one because like I said, it's so much throwback sixties, cold war imagery, but there's also like the blonde guy is very, he feels very of the decade to me. Yes. The yellow suit for sure. And like I said, that like them popping out and doing the quip thing on the, on the conveyor belt, uh, felt fun to me, but you're right. Like, Again, I I feel like they walk right up to the line and they never cross over and actually go for something cool. Like that that Peugeot he was driving, fine, cool, but like it could have been something so much hotter. Yeah. Uh so I'm gonna give it okay, I'm gonna do it, Annie. For the first time ever, I'm scoring this lower than you. Wow. <laughs> 
You believe that? I'm giving it a six. This is, um, I hope we have a, a sound effect right here because we need like a air horn or something to, to mark this uh, moment because I, I'm All usually right. a little tougher on the episodes than Nathan. Um, okay. So here's our bonus category. We have uh, three quick bonus uh, questions and if it's just a yes or no. And if it, uh, the answer is yes to any of these three questions, it'll get an extra five points. Does he help out an old friend in this episode? I don't believe he does. These are all strangers no, to him. Not that I know. Um, he's just there in Bulgaria to get in and get out. Um, and does an ex-girlfriend make an appearance? Not yet. Maybe soon to be when she comes back. Um, is he detained against his will? He certainly yes. is yes. in that uh, in that airport. That is It's Classified. It's time to find out the results. Out of a total possible 135 points, this episode receives... 74 points tying it for the fifth worst episode <laughs> of all this ties it with the gauntlet for the fifth worth which as you may remember is the one where they roll through barrels over into mexico <laughs> that in already sounds much cooler but anyway <laughs> that one's pretty cool the only ones worse than this are the prodigal the enemy within Flames and and Trumbo's world in that order. Uh, and we're still looking at Last Stand, Thief of Budapest, and Countdown at the top. So we're like really plugging through these, man. Yeah, we're almost at how many episodes in the season? <laughs> 22. 20, 22. All right. Yeah. Uh, anything else you all want to say before we get going here or wrap it up? Anything? Uh, I, I was so happy to be part of this. <laughs> <laughs> this was so great. It was practically like being in a room with you guys. I miss you guys Aww. so much. Well, we miss you too. We miss you too. We miss, um, yeah, we miss get getting together with friends. And so we yeah. are, we're hoping that the people who are listening to this can feel like they're also part of yeah. the conversation and you're watching along with us. Yeah, totally. Uh, all right. That's it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Please subscribe and review and keep in touch. Uh, we have a website at the and our socials are all at the if you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can get them on CBS All Access or buy them on Amazon for a buck an episode. Next week, we'll be breaking down Season 1, Episode 17, To Be a Man. Take care, everybody. And remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, friends, friends are the adventures, adventures of, of life. life. Good night, everybody. Good night.